Our God is good. Amen. Man, preaching here is so much more nerve-wracking than preaching in Friday Fire. Like, I don't know why, but this is, like, more, like, official. And so we're going to pray, all right? That's what we're going to do. We're going to pray. Uh, but what I want you to do is I want you to lay your hand on your neighbor. Okay, and we're just going to pray for God's presence to come. And I want you to bless your neighbor. Let's pray uh, for a spirit of just uh, wisdom and revelation to come as a word is being spoken. And uh, that God's presence will just begin to flow. Uh, upon your neighbor. And so let's bless each other. Let's pray. God, alone, we just pray blessing, Father God, of everyone in this place right now, God, for your presence. Oh, Lord, Father, to fill this place, God, oh, Lord, that you'll begin to release your presence, Father. Release your presence, oh, Father God, upon each and every single person in this place, God. Oh, Lord, make them ready, God, to receive, oh, Lord. May they receive your word. May they receive your word. May they receive your word today. May they receive your word today. May they receive your word today. May they receive your word today, Lord. May they receive your word today, Lord. Father God, oh Lord, we just pray, oh Lord. We just pray, Father God, oh Lord, that your word would go out. We pray that your word would go out, oh Lord. Yes, God, just release, release that, release that. Yes, yes, Lord. Yes, God, your presence. I just pray your presence. Fire falls right now. Holy Spirit, just come. Fix our eyes on you. Fix our eyes on you, Lord. Fix our eyes on you, Lord. Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you so much that you are good, and we thank you that you are a God that speaks to your people, Lord. And we just pray, Father, we posture ourselves in a place ready to receive from you, ready to hear from you, God, ready to be changed by your word. And so we just pray all throughout this room, God, that you would just release that spirit of wisdom and revelation, Father, that we would all be able to catch what you're saying in the spirit, O oh God, and really apply and take hold of your word, God, in our lives. And so, Father, we just thank you for your presence that's here. God, we just worship you in this place. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Okay, so before I go on my message, I just want to share with you guys a quick story that I read. I had a friend of mine gave me a book by James Gall, and it's called Prophetic Intercession. And I've been reading it, and uh, there's been, there was this one story that I really, really loved, and I just want to quickly share that with you guys. Um, so have you guys ever heard of James Gall? Yeah, so he's got this, you know, prophetic gift. He's an amazing man of God. And uh, his, his wife, uh, whose name is Anne, but now is Michael Anne? Yeah. Um, They've always wanted children, and uh, they believed that they were going to have children, but as they got married and as they tried to have kids, uh, they realized that there was a lot of complication, and they went to the doctor, and, you know, all this stuff physically, the doctors were like, it's impossible, it's not going to happen, uh, but James, uh, James had a dream, and in the dream, God said, you will have a son, and his name will be Justin, and so he woke up from the dream, and he's like, all right, this is it. God is going to break through and we're going to have a child. His name is going to be Justin. He told his wife they were so excited and they just began to pray and pray and just believe that God was going to release this promise. Uh, but it was years. And they claimed it, but as you can imagine, as years passed by, they probably began to question a little bit, man, did I hear that right? Was that really a dream from God? And it was hard, but they, they held on in faith, but I'm sure that there was a tension going on in their spirit. And one day his wife was taking a walk and, and, you know, she was just 
going through a lot at that time. And she was, she just prayed this prayer. God, I just, I yield to you my right to have children. I just, I let it go. I let it go. And, and she heard God answer her and he said, you know what? I appreciate your attitude, but I'm not requiring this of you. I say to you, you must fight for your children. And she heard that and she knew at that moment, it finally clicked. God wanted her to have kids more than she did. She finally got here this whole time. She thought that she had to fight God and argue God and persuade God. But she, she didn't get it that God was already on her side. And what he was asking for her to do was you must fight for your children. And you know that I, I was going to preach another message tonight and I'm going in a, another direction, but this is part of what I was going to preach. But you know, I just want to let you guys know that God wants us to fight. And even for Niagara, we may say, God, if nothing happens, we will still worship you because you are good. I think what God would say to that is, I appreciate your attitude. But I'm not requiring that from you. I want you to fight. I want you to fight for the promise. You know, and so this is really our time to push in, press in, intercede and catch and fight for the promise that God has given us. Amen. Amen. All right. Now let's get to the word of God. Turn with me to Isaiah chapter 43. And we're going to look at verses 16 to 19. Isaiah chapter 43, 16 to 19. Why don't we all read this together? Y'all ready? Okay, I'll give you guys a second. <laughs> Are y'all ready now? All right, here we go. One, two, three. Thus says the Lord who makes a way in the sea a path in the mighty waters who brings forth chariot and horse army and warrior. They lie down. They cannot rise. They are extinguished, quenched like a wick. Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of the old behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Amen. This was our theme verse in 2008, but I believe God just brought this verse back in my heart today. God makes a way in the wilderness. See, God makes a way in the wilderness. And I believe right now is a very critical time. And it's time for us to be alert, awake, listening, and watching. And you've been hearing that all through the millions of prayer requests that we just went through. And if this is your first time, bless you. Uh, But we like to pray. And uh, you've been hearing this over and over because I feel like this is a word God's been speaking to everybody. It's time to be awake. It's time to be alert. It's time to listen. And most importantly, it's time to watch what God is doing right now at this hour. It's not about telling him what's going to happen. It's about watching what he's doing and coming into agreement with that and releasing his promise and his desire at this hour. You know, and I believe as a body, our church is pregnant. New Philly is pregnant. I always preach on pregnancy for some reason. I had like two messages already. I like pregnancy, but I'm not pregnant. But the strange thing is, since October 2008, I have received prophetic words almost once a month that I'm pregnant. 
People had dreams. It started with Pastor Judy from Jubilee Church. She came to me at Monica's wedding and she said, are you, are you pregnant? And I'm like, no. She goes, oh, that's weird because I just had a dream that you were, you're, you're pregnant. I'm like, okay, that's a weird dream. I'm like, I disallow that. No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> I want to have children. Lord, Lord, children are a blessing. Amen. Um, but I was like, oh, I don't know what that meant. But ever since then, continuing, I don't know how long it's been. It's almost two years since that first dream. So many people have had dreams of me being pregnant. So many people. And they write me Facebook messages and my, my Amaya students, some Aussie kids. Like, I kid you not. So many people think that I'm pregnant and I'm going to have a kid. And then I have people who pray for me and they have visions of me being pregnant. Are you trying to have kids, Samo? Like, no. <laughs> so, but no. Um, no, not right now. And they're like, oh, because I see you and you're pregnant. I'm like, okay. And finally I got it. I mean, God must be trying to say something to me. And, you know, I realized that he was saying that I, I am pregnant with a spiritual promise. But, you know, as I was praying about that, I, I believe that it's something even bigger. You see, I am a wife. I am a bride to my husband. Hey, honey. And uh, as a wife, as a bride, I represent the church. And I believe when, when I was praying the other day, and I'm like, oh, God, I know, you know, release your promises. God just reminded me that I'm pregnant in the spirit realm. And he said, it's not just you, you see. The church is pregnant right now. And it's so funny because when people were giving me these dreams and visions, like I got bigger and bigger. In the beginning, it was like, Chea, I remember she had a dream. And she's like, you were pregnant, but you weren't showing yet. But I knew you were pregnant. And then later on, like uh, recently, two months ago, somebody was like, oh, I saw you were pregnant. You were so big. <laughs> and I just feel like God is, there is a, a, a growth that's happening. There has been a, a heart that's been nurturing this promise that God has given to the church. And I just want to share that with you guys because it's not just for me. New Philly is pregnant. And more than New Philly, the church of God is pregnant right now. You know, and our desire is to see God's kingdom invade Korea. That's why we're here. Right now, our prime objective is to see God's kingdom invade Korea, both, both north and south. You know, in order for the stage to be set up for a worldwide revival. Because even revival in Korea is not just about Korea. It's about a worldwide revival. And I believe that God is in the process of building these bridges and laying down an infrastructure in the spirit realm in order for this to happen. You know, in the natural, society can't survive without infrastructure. You know, I mean like roads and, and uh, sewers and water supply, power grids, telecommunications, etc. I remember I took this class in college and uh, we were discussing HIV and AIDS in Africa. And how even though people raise all this millions and millions and billions of dollars... It's so hard for them to reach the people that need it the most because of a lack of infrastructure. We have the solution. Amen? See, God is equipping his bride with kingdom power that's able to restore, that's able to renew, that's able to heal, that's able to redeem and love. And we carry the solution because Jesus Christ is the answer. But there are places where we do not have access to. Places like North Korea. And there are narrow opportunities where people have gone in with extreme favor. 
But there's not a, not a, a road that is accessible for all. And man, God has been convicting me of interceding for those roads. I'm not really like a, oh, I'm an intercessor. I don't really think that. But like these days, God has been really, really convicting my heart that we need to pray. Because we're all called to be intercessors. Amen? And I think some people wear that mantle of intercession. But all of God's army is called to intercede because that's where we fight. That's where the battleground is. And so Christian and I, we we got a chance to see Chris Valentin yesterday. And it actually was like a really last minute thing. Because we were going to go. We didn't go anyway. But we went. And it was just the two of us that went. And we had to take this kind of two-hour drive. And it was this long time. And we're like, what are we going to do? And so we're like, okay, let's pray. So we turned up the music. And we started just praying and just interceding. Because we knew, we knew it was time to pray. And uh, as we were praying, someone, so many people have been telling me, when you pray, you got to just ask this question. God, what are you doing right now? What are you doing right now? So I'm like, okay, I'm going to try this out. (laughs) Uh, Even though I've been radically transformed, I still feel like I'm a beginner in prayer. And so I'm like, all right, I'm going to try this. God, what are you doing right now? And I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm praying. My eyes are open. And as soon as I ask that question, uh, we hit this kind of uh, construction where a bridge was being built. And the way that it looked was there were pillars had been built. They were set up, but that road that connects everything... Uh, was not built yet. So there were about like maybe seven pillars that were set up. And only the pillars were built. But in between these pillars, nothing was, was there. And I said, God, what are you doing right now? And I looked at this, this bridge that was being made and God spoke to my spirit. I'm building a bridge. And then we passed by more construction to the right. And it was all these apartment buildings that were going up. And I said, God, what are you doing right now? And God spoke to me. He said, I'm building a home. I'm building my house. And then at that moment, I just, I closed my eyes to try to catch what God was saying. And I saw literally a map and it was like roads were being drawn on the map. Little like roads were just being drawn on the map as I was watching it. And I said, God, what are you doing? And he said, I'm setting up. And then I had a brain fart and I was like, setting up what? And I knew what it was, but I didn't know the word. And I just turned to Christian. I was like, honey, what's that word uh, in, in countries where like that, like that helps the roads and all that. And I did this poor job explaining. He's like infrastructure. I'm like, that's it. And God was like, I'm setting up an infrastructure. So God, what are you doing right now? I'm building a bridge. I'm building my house and I'm setting up an infrastructure. And I knew my spirit, it understood it, it got it, it got excited, but my mind just did not get it. Uh, uh, that sounds great, but what, what does that mean? <laughs> what, how, what does that even mean? And earlier today, as I was preparing for this message, again, I was praying, preparing for something else. God just reminded me of, of this little trip that we had. And, and he began to shift my eyes, like zoning in on the roads specifically. Because I was thinking about infrastructure. What does that even mean? And then he zoned me in on roads. I was like, what, a, what about roads? And God began to speak to me. See, roads represent access. If there isn't a path, you can't access the location. If there wasn't a road to church today, y'all couldn't have come here to Friday Fire. 
because you need a path, you need a road in order to access where you want to be and where you want to go. You know, even on to, to the conference that we went to, the path was literally, if you looked at our G, GPS, it was like this. Like, I don't know if you guys ever went to the Wagner Center, but it was like, it was like this. Christian thought he was like in Tokyo Drift and I was freaking out because I was so, every second it was like this and this and then he was like, woo! I was like, no! It was so scary because it was at night and it was foggy. But even though the road was so curvy and a lot of it, a part of it was like really ghetto. I mean, we were climbing the mountains. Regardless, a path had been set up. And because the road was there, we were able to get to where we wanted to go. How many of you guys know there are destinations that we are called to go, but the road has not been set up yet? There are places God wants us to be. He's called us to be, but the road has not been set up yet. And as of now, you can't see how you're going to get there. But let me tell you what God is doing right now. He's building the roads. You know, there are areas in the spirit where the body of Christ does not have access to. We're unable to access, we're unable to enter, and we're unable to establish God's kingdom because the lack of roads. But our God is a God who makes a way in the wilderness, amen? Just as Isaiah 14 was saying, he makes a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. And I believe right now the invitation is going out for us to join in on what God is doing because he's looking for some construction workers. And so I did some Wikipedia on roads because I know nothing about roads. I'm like, well, in order for roads to happen, what, what, needs to, what needs to go on? And the first thing that needs to go on before a road is set up is one, you need to get a permit for that location. That, that's, that literal permit. I'm going to build a road and you get permission. Okay, you go build a road. And we're talking about a spiritual permit here that's parallel to that. God, we're, we want to enter this place. We want to build a path to this place. Will you allow it? Because there's no point in going unless God says go. And when you have his yes, I feel like that's that spiritual permit that you're getting. The second thing that needs to happen is the ground needs to be broken up. When you build a road, you don't just lay pavement over the grass. You got to break the earth. You got to break the ground before you lay anything down. And so, you know, after I graduated college, I went back home to Long Island and our expressway, the LIE, was going under construction because they were trying to expand the highways and it was so noisy. And they always do the construction at night, but I was on, always on the road at night. But if you pass by it, for the first couple of months, all they did was like drilling, like jackhammering, like breaking up the, the previous road. And I just feel so bad for all the houses that were lined up. Eventually, they built up those like uh, sound barrier thingies. You know what I'm talking about? Anyway, uh, okay, so they were, they were being built up. But for the first couple of months, they did nothing else but break the ground. And I feel like it's the same in the spirit. When you want to build a pathway, when you want to be a forerunner, you got to know how to break the ground. We need that breaker anointing. 
It's like striking the, ga- the ground. Just as uh, Elijah called, Elisha called King Joab to strike the ground. And we received that prophetic word through Pastor John's message, as well as uh, Stephen Hansen when he came. I believe that, that that word has not ended. That's a continual word that we got to respond to, that we got to strike the ground to break it up because God is building roads. And the thing about groundbreaking is every single time you strike the ground, you're going to be hit with resistance. Every single time you hit it. Boom, right there, resistance. Hit it again, resistance. When you, when you go into groundbreaking, even in the spirit realm, you're going to hit resistance. And it's part of it. It's part of the groundbreaking. You know, I go to both the Hillside and the Eaton One campus, and they're two completely different spiritual atmospheres. When I go to Hillside, it flows. I mean, we are blessed in this church. And when I go to Eaton One, it's harder. And I believe because Hillside, people have paved the way. There has already been some groundbreaking that was done on this campus, in this church, upon this territory. But you see, Itaewon, what they're doing right now is they're making a road where there was no road. See, Itaewon is entering a territory that was not theirs yet, and they're paving the way for other people to come in and enter to the presence of God. And you know, the stage that they're at right now is a groundbreaking stage because they got the permit. They got the permit. But right now they're breaking ground. And every time you break ground, you hit resistance. And so times, sometimes I go to the service and it's not because, you know, there's been, you know, the, the team has been unholy, Brian, okay. <laughs> or, you know, worship has been bad, Brian. No, okay. Okay. Um, I'm playing. Um, you know, it's not because the team hasn't been praying enough. It's because what they're doing is a groundbreaking thing. And so there's a resistance that we're hitting when we get there, but it's not because there's a, a God doesn't love it or, you know, g- g- breakthrough isn't available. It's not that. It's because where they're at in their stages, they're paving a brand new road, a brand new road on that area. And so when you pave the way, you hit resistance. And for some of you guys, this means persecution for family, persecution from friends, You may be the believer, the first believer in your family, and you constantly hit resistance. You may be the first spirit-filled believer in your family, and again, you're constantly hitting resistance. Well, let me tell you something. It's because you are paving the way. When you hit that resistance, no, it's because you're striking the ground. And every time you hit, even though you feel the force back, you're doing damage. Every time you hit, you put your hand to the hammer and you lay it down. Something is cracking. With every strike, with every strike, something is breaking in the spirit realm. And so right now, I believe God is creating an infrastructure of spiritual access over the nations. Places where we do not have access to. God is going to make a way. But he's calling his people to break the ground. He's calling his people to break the ground. And we got to get this deep down in our spirit because this church is a forerunner church. And what it means to be a forerunner church is we're going to be making constantly be making new paths where paths have not existed.
And what that means is we're going to constantly be hitting resistance every time we move forward. But that's okay because God is making a way in the wilderness. Because it's not about us, brothers and sisters. We are paving the way for others to be able to access. You know, when a road is built, not only the people that have built the road, you know, get to receive the blessing. You know what I'm saying? Hey, road builders, woohoo, we can get from A to B. No, when you, when a road is built, it becomes public domain and everybody is able to have access with that road. That's what it means to pave the way, to be a forerunner, to be a, uh, a trailblazer is to create a road. And it's not for us, but it's for those after us to be able to go where it was impossible to go before. And I believe that part of being a groundbreaker is learning how to travail. We got to learn how to travail. You might have heard a little bit of that while we were praying before. Why are they screaming? Why are people moaning? Oh, Lord. That might have been me over there. Uh, <laughs> what, what is going on? What are they doing? That's a spirit of travailing. That's a spirit of travail. That's, that's coming into agreement with God's utter passion and desire and his heart for this promise to be birthed and just crying out for it to happen. It's like a woman giving labor. She is not quiet. Okay. <sighs> You're not going to see that. Are you kidding me? Oh, I hate you. No, I'm kidding. Uh-huh. <laughs> when a woman is travailing and she is giving birth, she is crying out. She is pushing forth something. And, and, and man, there's resistance that's happening when, she, when she's trying to push it out. But she knows it's coming. And her eyes is on the promise that's on its way. You know, uh, from the book that I was reading by James Gall, the, there's a quote from Pat Gastineau, who is from Word of, Light, Word of Love Ministries. And she says this, The prayer of travail is God desiring to create an opening to bring forth a measure of life or growth. If the opening was already in place, there would be no need for travail. Just as the opening of the natural womb is enlarged to bring forth the baby, so travail creates an opening or way, whereas before the opening or way was closed. With travail is always a way opened for life, newness, change, or growth. We're praying for an open heaven. (laughs) At this conference, amen. We're praying for an open heaven on this church. We're praying for an open heaven in North Korea. We're praying for an open heaven in nations. But guess what? It's got to open first. And in order for the opening to happen, God is calling his people to learn how to travail. To push through. To cry out until the heavens stretch and create an opening where there was none before. To push and make a way where there was no way before. God will make a way in the wilderness. He will make a way. And rivers will flow in the desert. That is a promise. But do you want to join in on what God is doing? Because he's building a bridge. He is building his house. And he is building an infrastructure in the nations. And I believe that there are people here whose destinies, you guys are destined to walk a road that has not been walked yet. 
There, there are people here that have a specific call where you're going to have to learn what it means to do some groundbreaking at your work, in your family. It is your destiny to get to that location, to get to that promised land. It's just like Moses and the Israelites hitting the Red Sea. And they knew their destiny was to make it out there and, and, and to get, and get delivered from the enemies that were chasing them. But here they are, they're at this place where there was no way, no road, no possible way to get through. But Moses struck the ground with his staff and boom, a way was opened. For some of you, it's going to be like that. You're going to hit a Red Sea, but it's not time to turn around. You see, you are destined to pave the way. You are destined to be a forerunner. And you know what the best thing about it is? When you have that kind of call upon your life, you know what's the biggest thing that's going to stop you? It's you. And you're going to be the one to say, I can't do that. What are you talking about? Oh, it's a Red Sea. What am I supposed to do? How is that possible? Are you, are you sure it's me? What? I don't understand. And you're going to question yourself. But I want you to know tonight that God believes in you. Do you believe that? Sometimes we don't even believe in ourselves, but God believes in you. And he believes the destiny that he placed in you. And he believes a promise that he placed in you. There's somebody that believes in you. When you have somebody that believes in you, it changes everything. Have you ever, have you ever had to do something where nobody believed that you could do it? Not one single person. Man, I've been, I've been chosen last for like those kickball, you know, things, gym. We're going to touch a little soft moment right now. And, uh, I wasn't the most athletic child growing up, man. And I, you know, whenever I'm picked like third to last or second to last, you just, you know, the feeling you have is nobody believes in me. Nobody's choosing me for their team. And you go in and trust me, you're going to go in that game And you're going to be like, oh, I'm going to suck. And this is just going to be terrible. That's the mentality that you're going to have. But you see, you're first pick to God. You're his first pick. That's how much he believes in you. And yeah, when we're talking about paving the way and breaking ground in your companies, in your business, on the seven mountains, not just in ministry, but we're talking about heaven infiltrating all aspects of earth. There are going to be times where you question yourself. Am I capable of doing this? Am I capable? You know, when a, a pregnant woman is at that transition point where she's got that choice of getting that uh, epidural or she's going to go for it naturally, you know the question on her mind? You know what she's thinking? I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. Give me the medicine. Give me the drugs because I can't do it. That's what's going on in her head. And I believe when we're so close to the promise, we get hit with the wave of that ourselves. I can't do it. I can't do it. But God is saying you can and you will because he believes in you. And on God's kickball team, I'm first pick, baby. (laughs) Yeah, he believes in me. (laughs) But God is doing a new thing right now. And something that's said in Isaiah is, do you not perceive it? Do you not perceive it? Now's the time to pay attention, brothers and sisters. And I believe something he's been doing as Niagara has been coming is distraction. 
enemy loves to distract. And he is, he is setting all things up to get your mind focused on something else. But do not let yourself get distracted. And watch and see what God is doing right now. Because he's making a way. He's building a bridge. Two separate entities. When I saw that bridge, I just knew North and South Korea. The bridge is being built. And the pillars have been set up. But God wants somebody to pave the road. And so let's press in to this Niagara conference. Let's press in. Because it's not just about Niagara. Niagara is not just about Niagara. Niagara has to do with the movement that God is going to release. See, I believe that Niagara is in correlation to North Korea. See, Niagara is in correlation to revival in Seoul, which is in correlation to revival to the nations, revival to the Koreans, not just the English speakers, and revival in North Korea. See, it's all connected. I believe that it's all part of God's strategy and plan. And we got to come into agreement with it. And we got to know how important it is to push through and to travail and to cry out and to tear an opening and make a way where there was no way before. Amen. Let me end with this. Pastor John mentioned this when he was saying, let it rain, which is a song we sing like every week. He's like, I don't want to sing that song again. We sing it all the time, but it's a good song. It's a prophetic song. It's a prophetic declaration. And you know what? I've always sang the chorus. I never got to sing like the other parts. That was great. Pastor John, I just wanted to let you know that. Blessings. Um, but, you know, he was talking about what God was releasing upon him. Revelation about 1 Kings 18 with Elijah, which is like the greatest picture of birthing something, right? But you guys know this story, but I just want to mention one detail about that story. Because we, we know that Elijah went to Mount Carmel. We know that he sat in the birthing position. We know that he, he travailed and that his little servant boy went seven times to see if there was any rain and nothing was there. And finally, there was a, a cloud the size of a man's hand. But something that I want us to focus on is why, why Elijah even got to that mountain. You see, it wasn't a, a word necessarily that God has spoken. It says in the word of God that he heard the sound of the roar of a heavy shower. He heard the sound of the roar of a heavy shower. When everything was dropped, it was three and a half years of drought, not a single raindrop. And before even a cloud came its way, Elijah, his ears were tuned in to what God was about to do. He was on watch, you see, and he heard the sound of the uproar of a mighty shower that was on its way. See, I believe we've, we've caught wind of the sound. And, and right now it doesn't match up to the natural. See, we, we caught the roar of the sound and it hasn't really caught up with what's going on right now. But brothers and sisters, it's coming. Amen. And it's time for us to get down in our, in our little birthing positions. I don't even know what that looks like, but <laughs> in our birthing positions and to travail and to call it forth. And it may come real small, like a size of a man's hand. But uh, we got we to gotta watch and see. Even with that small cloud, we got to recognize what God is doing. It's here. It's here. Even that tiny cloud, that mighty rushing shower, deluge of a, of a, of a pouring is there. And he saw it in the, in the sound that was heard where nobody else caught it. He heard it. 
And he saw it in a small little cloud that, that didn't really mean anything. He saw it. So I believe it's, it's the time for us to hear and see what God is doing because he is making a way in the wilderness. Amen? Amen. Let's pray.